I truly believe that everyone is a leader and leadership is an activity. It's not something that is attributed to a formal title. I think leadership is a collection of choices and behaviors and skills that people are choosing moment by moment to exercise leadership or not. It's time once again to learn from the past and explore the future. Welcome to the Leadership Frontiers podcast with your hosts, Tara O'Brien and myself, Ron Duran Jr. In compelling discussions, we'll dig deep into leadership topics within business, education, nonprofits, the public sector, social justice, and wherever we may find it. This is brought to you by the University of Colorado Boulder's Center for Leadership. Thank you for joining us. Today's guest is president and CEO of the Betcher Foundation. We welcome Katie Kramer to the show. She's a fourth generation Colorado native. And Katie attended the University of Colorado Boulder, where she was a president's leadership scholar and honors graduate at the Leeds School of Business. Katie has served extensively in the community on both local and national boards and is widely regarded as a national expert in scholarship selection processes. So today, we talk to Katie about serving a greater good and paying it forward, her work at the Betcher Foundation, and why we all need to take a little extra care for ourselves first as leaders. Katie, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Um, let's just jump right in and, and let our audience know what your what work are you doing with CU? What's what's your affiliation been and, and what will it be in 2021? Thanks. It's great to be here. Just a quick bit of background about me, because that's part of um, the answer to the question is, so I'm a Colorado kid. I um, am a buff. I'm so proud to be an alum of CU Boulder. And in during my time at CU, took advantage of wonderful leadership education there, which then informed my chosen career, which is the, I'm the president and CEO of the Betcher Foundation. Uh, which works in that space. And th- then our connection continues to be back in with CU. We invest millions of dollars every year in scholarship support to some incredible students on campus, as well as biomedical researchers um, on campus and um, other investments that we have. So we are a funder, we're an investor in the campus. And um, I take great pride in being involved with the Center for Leadership. Uh, because I was one of the, the founders at the beginning of that whole whole process. And so to see what it is uh, becoming today and the potential of what it is in the future is just really exciting. And where do you think we are probably, since you have been with CFL from the beginning, where do you think uh, some of our challenges and struggles are going into 2021 or maybe even 2022? Well, I think that all of us are coming out of an unprecedented time in our lives, lifetimes, right? I mean, uh, just coming out of the pandemic, the need for leadership has never been so great, certainly during and then as a result of all of the things that will continue to evolve. We're not out of it yet. And so equipping students 
to be prepared to engage in whatever those challenges are going to be going forward is frankly, some of the most important work. And I feel so grateful. This is one of the chancellor's great priorities has been around leadership. And my experience at CU over the years, certainly as a student, but then as someone who's been very closely working with the university in my entire professional career, the promise of what's happening now and coming into the future with the Center for Leadership is it's the idea of connecting all the dots there is bright spots all over the university of incredible things that are happening and have. And some of them have been working in collaboration, but the idea of having in this ecosystem, the power of the ecosystem, the connection, I, I just see the more that that continues to happen. People are talking, they're, they're sharing how they are continuing to develop the leaders that they're responsible for, um, whether that's you know faculty, staff, and students. I think it only makes things better that this this is completely a case of you know one plus one is more than two for sure just i think that just really exciting about what's what's possible um given the the challenges that are that are we're all present to right now that's so well said i'm an executive member uh on of the center for leadership and and we we spend a lot of time as a group trying to say, okay, what is our value add? And I think you just said it really well there. I think that that's the idea behind the center is to kind of magnify our, our voices around campus because there's a lot of good, there's a lot of powerful voices. And up till now, they've been really spread out and, and, and kind of siloed. And so I think all of that's going to be, I'm excited as well. Uh, so I, I think that as we move into the future, that's going to be fun to watch uh, the evolution of the Center for Leadership. Let me ask you this, uh, Katie, it's, it's, you know, reading your resume, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, you started out as a Betcher scholar way back in, should I say this, 1993? Yeah, let's not say way back, but yes. <laughs> and then, and then, and now you're the CEO. Did you ever see, I mean, did, did you have a vision of that was going to be your path in life or was that completely a surprise to you? I would say of my journey, it was um, accidentally intentional. And what I mean by that, I think one of the interesting things, I am such an oddball in the world that I have had my career for almost my entire professional life has been at the Betcher Foundation. And before that, I worked at CU in development. So um, it's funny, just those two, two organizations have been just forefront in my, in my life. I am a classic full circle um, story, right? Where I'm this this kid that has the opportunity to take to win this Bachelor scholarship, take it to CU uh, Boulder, and then I end up working at the foundation right out of college for what I thought was a one year fellowship, and um, had the the chance to then run the scholarship program. I was lucky enough to um, be selected as the vice president when I was 26 years old. And then um, this latest role as president and CEO have been in for about four years. And so it wasn't too long when I had been working at the Betcher Foundation that I was like, I love this place. And I, I just share a story here in case it's helpful too for some of the students 
I credit a lot of my time in president's leadership class for this CU Boulder. But I was super clear about what I wanted out of a career and what those values were. And, and so when I interviewed, I was 22 years old and I interviewed for the job at the Betcher Foundation. And the then president said to me, why do you want to work here? And I said, there's three reasons. One is I want to be in a place where I'm always learning. Two is I want to be working in a place where I feel like I'm making an impact. And three, um, I'm passionate about education and leadership. And, uh, you know, the idea of being able to work in an organization where those are the, some of the primary uh, focus areas is, it's just a bullseye for me. So the, the reality is at 22, it's the same reasons while I'm still there now, um, because all three of those things are those, those needs, those desires, those values are still being met. It's just been in different roles. So, um, and I remember thinking to myself, man, I would love to run this organization someday. And then the great quote I love is um, Louis Pasteur's um, fortune favors the prepared mind. And I used to have that in my uh, sticky note at home when I was a teenager. And just the idea for me was, I think you, you end up putting yourself in a situation where with hard work, you take some initiative, it's luck, making your own luck, but just seeing what the right opportunities were at the right time to continue to shape your own destiny, right? Really? And take advantage of, of um, opportunities as, as they came up. So I, in, in that way, I, I guess sort of, I never would have could have told you it'll, it'll be 24 years. I've been at Batcher in June. I would never have said, I'm going to work in the same place for that long. No, um, I would have never said that. And yet I, did have the right opportunities at the right time that has continued to make it um, just a bullseye for me as far as a chance where I feel like I can bring my skills and talents and, and all the things I care about in, in a place where I can be of service to the community. So. Ooh, well, we really might, uh, we might want to dig in a little bit on your perspective or any advice you have for, you know, we have students that have just graduated um, and are out in the workforce, looking for jobs, interviewing, interning. And we talked uh, with uh, a guest several weeks ago, Charles Guilford, about this topic. So I think it would be wonderful to hear that from you as well, any advice. But uh, can we back up just a teeny bit and um, help our audience that may not know what the Better Foundation is, uh, give it a big, bigger scope of um, what the mission is there and, um, and what it can do for students or even their, their younger siblings? Sure. Um, the mission statement of the Betcher Foundation is we believe in the promise of Colorado and the potential of Coloradans. And every day in our work, we invest in awesome, talented, um, community-minded people and also incredible organizations that are really working to make an impact. And when we do that, it allows them to give back for years to come. And I think that that's a really important part of the story of who Betcher is, and and if you don't mind, I'll connect it to CU a little bit too. So um, these folks were, they were immigrants. They came to Colorado when our state was being, you know, really built. Um, it's a great connection to Boulder, um, where, where Charles Betcher had, their first business was a hardware store. And if you go on the Pearl Street Mall now, um, on one of the corners, it used to be an ice cream store. I think it's a sandwich shop now, but it says Betcher. And that was Betcher Hardware Store. That was their first business. Um, and so they had, 
you know, hardware stores and they got into the mining um, industry, silver boom in Leadville. Uh, they brought the first sugar beets to Colorado and we had our sugar beet industry as a result. Um, they were involved in cattle and the first cement factory west of the Mississippi and then real estate and all of these incredible things. So with, with that, um, those five different businesses over time, they then endowed the Betcher Foundation in 1937. The three trustees were Claude and Charles Betcher and Quig Newton, which maybe is a name that sounds familiar if you're from CU, because you may remember that Quig Newton was a president of the University of Colorado. But um, he was an originally a founder as well as the Betcher Foundation. And um, the Center for Leadership, part of it is the, the Quig Newton chair, which the chancellor holds. And that we started, when I said that we were there at the beginning, we helped to start this because um, the Betcher Foundation wanted to honor Quig's memory as well as just felt like CU is the place where it's at relative to incredible things happening with leadership. And um, so with, with Betcher, our work is really about investing in Colorado. We're a state-based philanthropy. Um, so the Betchers gave the money. Um, it was then, uh, it's been invested in the stock market. And then like many foundations are, my job is to give it away. I mean, it's a great job, right? You get to give away money for, for a living. Um, our biggest focus is really on human capital as far as, and, and that boils down to, I think, good leadership, but people may experience us. We, we fund in every all 64 counties in the state of Colorado. So um, whether people are from rural Colorado, they may know that Betcher funded the art center there or the health center or the library um, because we have a history of investing in capital grants. Um, no surprise because they were in the hardware and cement business of build, the building business. Um, but also we do Betcher scholarships, which um, have been around since the 1950s. And we invest in, um, we've, send 42 students to any university in the state. Um, so we have the most choose CU Boulder, go Buffs. And, um, but it's a, a virtually a, a full scholarship for them to uh, attend. So it's Colorado residents winning the scholarship and they can attend any institution, public or private. So, um, and we do, we do a variety of other things, biomedical research and, uh, and things, but the in at, at the core of it, it's really about you know the promise of Colorado and the potential of Coloradans. And so, no surprise that we're invested with the Center for Leadership and, of course, in the Boulder campus. What a fascinating history lesson! I have to be mm -hmm. honest; uh, I've been here a little while, but but I always hear the word "betcher," and I never really knew what that meant and, and what is the ties to not only Boulder but also to CU. So, thank you for that. I want to focus on something you said, a, a, a kind of a phrase I like, uh, is human capital. And as we, you know, as we move forward and we come out of this pandemic and there's a lot of talk of, around mental health and really taking care of your people, what do you, how important do you think that is for all the CEOs out there to kind of look at their people as, as, as that human capital and let's take care of that? instead of maybe a focus more on, on dollar signs and maybe the bottom line. What do you think to, about that? Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that the greatest resource that any of us have, no matter what type of organization we are running, is our people. 
Um, they're, they're the ones that are responsible for making everything ha- possible, whether it's representing our brand, whether it's, you know, producing whatever we, we produce. Um, and it is, you know, critical that I think we support them in, in all ways. And, and you brought up mental health. And I think that that's such an important piece and something that um, we've been really thinking about too at the Betcher Foundation. Uh, my theme this year with my team, um, we have a learning agenda every year of things we're going to really focus on and learn about that help us to advance our work. And, and on this theme is it's resiliency and renewal. Because thinking about what we've all been through, um, it's and and that we're still basically doing our work over Zoom right now too. We're starting to get reintegrated back into the office over time here as things begin to open up this spring. But um, you know, you cannot continue to survive, let alone thrive in your life if you're not kind of taking care of yourself. It's that old you know, make sure that your, your glass is full so you can continue to take care of the people that are most important to you in your life. Um, that's your, whether that's your family, friends, or, or contribute to your, uh, workplace. So being a part of other, um, groups where, um, leaders that you're having these conversations, it, it is a huge thing. Um, I'm currently the, the, uh, incoming chapter president for YPO Colorado, which is the young president's organization. So it's CEOs from all around the state. And, um, you know, we have meetings and and are talking about how do we take care and support of our and support our people. And it's not us taking care in some way like that they can't take care of themselves. It's that, but just making sure people have the tools, the resources that they need the, the knowledge of if they do need support, how to reach out, who to reach out to. I mean, we even think about that with our scholars on campus, just making sure they, there are wonderful resources on the campus where, that the students can access. And so we really see our role to connect people to, to those resources um, because it's been a hard time, man. It, it really has. Um, just because you, it sounds like you have uh, kind of a conduit into a lot of different, you said it's kind of a CEO roundtable across Colorado. So I consider that, uh, you know, you, you're kind of plugged into a lot of different industries, a lot of different people, a lot of different leaders. How are people doing? I mean, mm-hmm. it has been a heck of a year. And I know when Ron and I do coaching with CEOs, we hear a lot of, gosh, I don't even have the strength uh, to get through my own burnout, let alone help my, my, the people under me. What are you hearing? And uh, what are your thoughts on that? So a couple thoughts. Um, I think one is just that last point you made. And this is a place where, um, do, you know, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. <laughs> it is so true that, you know, even in, in that peer group talking about how are we taking care, taking care of ourselves and, and it, are grateful to have that group that you can be vulnerable with and just honest about whatever those struggles are that are real. I, I mean. I'm coming to you from my, the guest bedroom in Arvada, Colorado, the, um, as far as, uh, you know, my home here and all of us wearing all of these hats all at the same time, right. Where you're CEO and mom or dad and 
wife, husband, caregiver, friend, all the things. And the, the strange thing about right now is you're wearing them all at the same time. Whereas in other times in your life, there's some separation. And so how people are doing are everyone is struggling with that. <laughs> yes. Um, and that is completely uh, dependent on what their particular circumstances are, how their companies are doing, what whether they have kids that they've been doing remote learning with or, you know, uh, don't have any children in the house. So that and that is just brings me to point two is just like everything with the pandemic, it's it's a. Um, it's a shared experience, but it's not the same experience for everybody, right? And you see how um, this is really sh- shown a light on equity issues in our community and all sorts of things. And so, um, you know, even the experience of, of our employees at Betcher or, or any of the other employees that the other CEOs are working with, they don't have a similar experience. We're all in this. I can't remember exactly. It was a great quote that somebody much smarter than me said about it being, we're all in the same ocean together, but not in the same boat, right? It's just um, uh, an, an uneven experience. So I, I think the approach of leading with um, profound empathy and uh, is really the way to go because um, you just don't know. You don't know what the circumstances are that people are are grappling with in their in their personal lives. That, that's that's great. And and let me, if I can add to your quote, the way I've heard it, and I, I don't remember who I heard this from. It, we're we're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. It's such a great way to look at it that everybody's got a different. They got different circumstances. I mean, Tara and I have a. You know, we're we're single without kids, so it's a whole different world than somebody that has three kids and they're also trying to do, you know, their day job. Let me ask you this, Katie, maybe put you on the spot a little bit. What, what do you do? What personal things or or tips do you have for taking care of your mental health and maybe, maybe staving off, you know, burnout because a lot of us are fighting this, this lack of motivation and staying focused. Is there anything that you use that maybe, maybe Tara and I could learn from, or maybe our listeners? Well, my answers are going to be a lot of the classic things that you would hear from anybody. I think, you know, the basics, right? Like, got to, got to move, got to get some movement. And, um, you know, for, for me, that looks like, you know, some gym time getting outside, especially is really important. And the irony is I, you know, I'm in my house, easy to go out in my yard. Um, but the discipline of, oh my gosh, go outside, right. And get some fresh air. So, um, you know, it movement and it, you know, the things drinking water, taking care of your mind too, relative to some mindfulness things. I just love some apps that I use, uh, but those, you know, those little mindful minutes where you lots of my friends do meditation daily, Um, and, and I do that a little bit. I have a hard time sort of corralling my mind a little bit for that discipline. Um, but I think the other piece is, you know, reaching out when you know you need help. And, and for me, that looks like connecting with friends. Um, it also looks like getting some support and, um, I'd be the 
first to admit that, you know, I have benefited from some great counseling this last year and not ashamed of that at all. You have to get help if you, if you need it and having someone to talk to and just be real with that. um, Sometimes your friends can provide that support for you, but sometimes you really need a professional. And, and um, I think I, I take advantage of those, of those resources when I can. Sometimes I need to limit my um, media consumption, whether that's social media or, or just even what I see on the the news. It, it um, and just take a break. So it's things like that, and it's not in any way that I'm trying to you know put my earplugs in and shake my hair head and say la 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 la. I, can't, I don't want to hear or see or anything like that. But you've got to take a break and take care of yourself because you you can't show up for other people if you're not taking care of yourself. Well said. Well said. So true. You're doing some really good ones too. I kind of jotted down a few notes. I'm like, I'm missing a couple. So <laughs> that's great, Katie. Um, I, I want to go back a little bit to, um, you know, I love the fact that Ron brought up human capital after you brought up human capital. I'm going to keep on that for a minute. And I, for me, one of the um, big areas in, in throughout my career, um, but especially I think now is that we can throw into that bucket is recognition, rewards and recognition. It's an easy thing to do. It's just something that gets overlooked very often, I think, but it goes such a long way, uh, especially when it's a boss doing it for employees, but it can go, you know, the other direction as well. So I'm curious because as I, as I look at uh, your accolades here, you know, you were recognized as um, Denver Business Journal's 40 Under 40 and also Colorado Women's Chamber uh, Top 25 Most Powerful Women, which these are kind of really cool <laughs> titles, uh, awards. I'm curious if you, did you have help along the way do you, um, to get there? And how can you take your experience of having help or not having help to achieve these uh, rewards really? There's a lot of ways we could go with that answer. Um, I would just say for those. And so, yes, thank you. Those are, those are very nice. Um, and I, I think the first point I would make is yes, I'm grateful for those things. Um, and I also think that, um, what's more important to me is how I feel about my work and the job I'm doing than anything anybody else could validate with me with. And believe me, I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference. And, and I think in my career, a couple of those well-timed awards helped me to achieve the next goal because there was some community acknowledgement for some of the work that I had been doing for years. So the first point is I think you need to be okay with yourself first. And it's not about the trophy hunt, I would say. I would mm-hmm. say. I like that. Um, second is, uh, I have definitely benefited from wonderful mentors throughout my life. That includes, you know, everything from professors that I had when I was at CU Boulder to um, Tim Schultz, who was the president and executive director at the Betcher Foundation and you know, his was really my incredible mentor for so many years. And 
Um, so I've also stood on the shoulders of a lot of women too, that have blazed the trail for, um, for me and some of my peers, um, you know, it's, it's just incredible. So, you know, having advocates and mentors that support you. And, um, I feel really blessed to have a couple of these awesome peer networks in my life, whether it's, you know, this, this, this YPO group that I'm part of, or, uh, another foundation CEOs that we support each other or women's business network that we've supported each other with different things. And, and, you know, it's to that point when you have, when you share your dreams and goals with people, uh, I think that that is something that has been really helpful in my life because people are cheer for you. Like, you know, if some, one of our better scholars comes and say, I want to do X and this is my goal, then I'm all in. I want to help. I'm like, who do I know? How can I connect you? Like, so when you enlist others in some of those, um, your dreams and your aspirations, my experience at least has been that, that folks champion you and cheer you on and whatever. So in, in all these cases, there was other people that nominated me for this, which I am grateful for. and then my um, action is then to pay it forward. So there are other women in my life and other people in my life that, um, that then we are, we being then other people are nominating for different things and awards because it helps them to be recognized. So um, I, I think that that's part of my story. Then taking it internal to even thinking about your staff is I think a little appreciation goes a long way. It goes a long way at home between, you know, my kids doing something that for me that wasn't asked or my, my husband doing something that we do that out of just generosity of, and, and love for each other. But, you know, just acknowledging when my folks that um, are on our team at Betcher are just killing themselves, working hard and doing a great job. Um, so, I think for leaders, it's really just important that, um, that people notice and notice that hard work and acknowledge it when it happens. Some of my staff teases me that I like to give out gold stars. So I keep, I literally keep gold star stickers in my desk and I miss being able to give gold stars on, on stuff. Um, you can do that on zoom a little bit, but it just doesn't feel the same. It's not the same. Yeah, that's funny because as a leadership coach, I always say it's such a great topic that, that Tara brought up is most, you know, when, when we we see surveys of, of uh, employees, what, usually in the top three is they say, I want I want more positive recognition from my, my manager. And I always say it's easy, you know, it doesn't cost you anything as a manager or a leader to do this. And, and why is it that that most employees are starved for that? So that maybe that's another discussion, but, you know, let's go back to this idea, you know, as Tara said, your resume is impressive. I, you know, I just, I was reading through it and I'm just like, wow, so many things that that you've done at, you know, should I say, you know, an early age, I don't like to use age, but whatever. It's just amazing. And so I, I, I'm fascinated by this idea of what drives you forward. What is, and maybe you just answered this, but I don't know, maybe there's something you would add to this. What drives you forward? What's the fuel for your fire? What is your why? I think one of the greatest motivators for me is gratitude. 
like I'm here today because of a lot of hard work. My parents are incredible people. I've had incredible privilege in my life. Um, the Betcher Foundation, um, mentors, friends, coaches, instructors, teachers, all these people. And I can never pay them back. I can pay it forward. And so we talk about that at the Betcher Foundation. We we tease that, you know, the Betchers don't want their money back. They want you to pay it forward. However, that shows up in your life. We talk about time, talent, and treasure, right? In the, the uh, community about how you want to pay it forward. So I would just say that, Ron, I think I just... And, and I also feel like it's maybe a little bit selfish. Like I love do working with the community. I love service, um, but I get a lot out of that. It's a lot of intrinsic value relative to seeing people succeed and supporting others achieve their dreams. I mean, I love that about working at the Betcher Foundation. We have about, you know, north of 160 students at any one time on campuses across the state and they are killing it doing incredible things. And I don't care what they do, but just, you know, them reaching their potential, no matter what that is in their chosen field or in the community or um, as leaders themselves. So being a part of that is what really motivates me is helping people to reach their um, goals and potential. And I feel so lucky I was able to find a career where I get to do that. So I think that's what it is. It's sort of the the pay it forward. I think it's ironic back to our history lesson that the Betchers had hardware stores and they were, they sold pickaxes and shovels to the miners to help them reach the potential, their potential, right? Whatever they follow their dreams. So I've thought about that recently. It's ironic. I think that that's kind of what we do in our work is help equip people to do their thing and make an impact in the world. Wonderful. Give them the right tools, right? Right. Now, I always like to kind of get super serious toward the end of our podcast and talk about the the, the real stuff, which is your hobbies. <laughs> I just I was telling Ron earlier, I was looking at uh, through your bio and I'm like, wow, this woman does some really fun stuff from like elk hunting to scuba diving. Uh, my favorite is Star Wars watching. I'm I'm in with all well, not the elk hunting. I haven't actually hunted elk. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, but also a lot of travel. Do you have a favorite, favorite place that you've traveled and, and why do you love traveling so much? Sure. Um, actually again, uh, back to CU Boulder, I would say my two best things I did on campus were president's leadership class was incredible. And then I got to do a study abroad uh-huh. and I was, uh, lucky enough to do semester at sea oh. and what an incredible experience, wow. right? Like, I'm jealous. 100 days, 12 countries all around the world. So if I didn't have the travel bug before, I definitely did as a result of that. So I, and again, I I quote one of my, it was my professor at CU, um, Ron Billingsley. He said, uh, a fish doesn't know she's a fish till she's out of water. And I think somebody else said that, that he was quoting, but I'm just saying until you get yourself out of your comfort zone, you just have no perspective on I think who you are and within your context. And so for me, I, that's why I love to travel and frankly do things that are um, s- scary and exciting and that type of thing. You probably saw that in my bio. So no matter 
no matter what it is, um, I'm all in on adventure and um, trying to do things that are um, that scare me just a little bit because I think that my best experiences of in life have been when I've been outside my comfort zone. I think if I remember correctly, the uh, study abroads are are getting wound back up next spring. I know it's been kind of a bummer for a lot of the students to give that up this year, but I think that's back on the docket as long as, you know, fingers crossed, everything goes well, that's back open this spring. So hopefully we'll see a lot more opportunity there, but yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm, I'm slotted to take a group to East Africa uh, in spring. So if if you're any students out there listening, come and find Professor Duran. And uh, (laughs) if you want to go to East Africa, Rwanda and Uganda is where we're going. So great. I'm excited to get that uh, fired back up too. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Tara, just, you just haven't elk hunted yet, but you probably will. Not yet. Yeah. You know why it is? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of elk meat and I know that everybody thinks that's crazy, but uh, I, I, I gave it a shot when I lived in Alaska and it just didn't do much for me. Well, that's our rule. We, um, if if you're going to shoot it, you got to eat it. And so, um, yeah, then don't, don't, don't hurt. Um, (laughs) I like that rule. And and I do like, I like elk. I'm not a big fan of of venison or deer. Mm -hmm. So elk's a little closer to what I like. And I used to be a bow hunter, so I can relate to what you're saying there. So, all right. Um, let's, let's go to our, our signature question, Katie, Mm -hmm. if, if you're ready for that. Uh, we like to ask our guests, and this is, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a hard question, but, but I know you can handle this. So what do you see on, on the frontier of leadership? You know, what, and maybe to be more uh, specific, what's on the, what's on the frontier or what would you, what do you think should be on the frontier of leadership? How, what can we do better in the, in kind of in the area of, of leadership? I would say, and this connecting to our work at the Bachelor Foundation and our kind of philosophy about how we think about leadership is that um, I truly believe that everyone is a leader and leadership is an activity. It's not something that is uh, attributed to a formal title or something. And I, I think leadership is a collection of choices and behaviors and skills that people are choosing moment by moment to exercise leadership or not. And so my answer to that question would be, is I hope through our work at Betcher, I hope through the Center for Leadership that um, more people see themselves as leaders. So they have um, the opportunity to make an impact in however they want to do that, wherever they want to show up, because I think that that's what leadership is, is about. It's about how you're showing up, right? So I don't care if that's in your family or your community or in public office somewhere. Um, but, but spreading that frontier for me would be that, that um, people feel empowered to exercise leadership wherever they are. Um, and so I think that our work with our co-lead initiative right now, this Colorado Leadership Stories Project we have where um, we're highlighting those doers and difference makers across the state that are, you know, shining a light on their good work, hopefully inspires others. And, um, you know, and again, back to the Center for Leadership, there's such an incredible collection of how people are being educated on campus um, through experiential, through academic discipline, through um, skill building. And, 
that's all good as long as they're choosing, um, I hope, to exercise leadership in their lives. So that would be my answer to that. Thanks for spending your valuable time with us this week. If you enjoyed today's topics, please leave us a review. This will help us reach new listeners who can benefit from these conversations. We'll see you next time.